Welcome to the Filmmaker Mixer podcast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined alongside my co-host, Jeff, as always. Today, we have on screenwriter of the film, Midnight at the Paradise, Phil Robertson. He chats about his screenwriting process, the film, and much more, so stay tuned. Hello, everybody. This is the Filmmaker Mixer podcast, and we are continuing our coverage of the Austin Film Festival. And one of the films screening at the festival is Midnight at the Paradise. Uh, it's a great movie. It's it's so well done, so well acted. And we are fortunate to have uh, Bill Robertson, the writer of Midnight at the Paradise, on the show. So, Bill, welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. No, we're excited. Like I said, it's a, it's a great film, and, and we've got a lot of screenwriting questions for you. But first, tell us where and when folks can see the film at the Austin Film Festival. Midnight at the Paradise is playing Friday, October 27th at 6.30 at the Galaxy Theater, and also Wednesday, November 1st at uh, 7 p.m. at the Galaxy Theater. So those are your two options. Perfect. Um, and you're going to be there uh, for the, for the uh, screenings? The director, uh, Vanessa Matsui, and I will be at the Friday, October 27th screening and happy to do uh, Q&A afterwards. So please well, come. Well, I encourage all uh, the people listening to go out and, and see the film and grill them with good questions. <laughs> so it's always, it's always fun at festivals because the audience, are, they're there to see movies and we all love movies. Yeah, and they're coming right off the screening. So they have all those great questions because they just, you know, been in the event, you know, watching it, uh, you know, with the cast and crew. And so that's always fun to do. Um, so tell uh, the audience what Midnight at the Paradise is about. And and where did you get this idea? Let's let's make it a two-parter. Tell us what the film's about, and then how did you get this idea? Okay. Um, the film is about three couples trying to figure out, navigate love, lust, deception, all over the course of one night, and also life and death as well. Um, and it all centers around our feelings about the movies and how movies inform our decisions in life. And that that's really where the idea came from. Um, me wanting to uh, talk about all the movies that I love, and, and but also the role that they played in my life and in the lives of people around me in terms of particularly with respect to uh, romantic uh, notions that we get and that we grow up believing being fueled by movies. Um, so that the, the genesis of it came from uh, wanting to do something about that. And the genesis also came from seeing uh, Richard Linklater's um, trilogy, really, uh, the Before trilogy. Um, oh, interesting. Starting with, uh, obviously, Before Sunrise, Before Sunset. And actually, I started... Uh, percolating this idea after seeing the final film of that trilogy, which was Before Midnight. Um, and sort of, if your listeners are probably aware, or maybe they're not, if they haven't seen that trilogy, they should see that. Um, from the beginning, it's a series of three movies that follows a couple over 18 years, um, Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy, um, as their relationship as they meet, as they meet again, um, once they are both in relationships, but um, available again, I guess, sort of. 
And then the final movie of that trilogy, which is about a marriage uh, to people who've, you know, come a long way together, uh, but are navigating uh, that time in our lives where, you know, there are children to deal with, there's aging to deal with. Um, and I kind of, I kind of had an idea about a movie that dealt with all that, but also dealt with a couple who maybe saw a movie early on that had an impact on their lives um, and then met again years later at a screening of that same movie and just how their lives had taken turns, but also how they, um, you know, how the movie or movies that they'd seen had impacted their views on romance and love um, and the choices that they've made. Yeah, and just going to the production side of things real quick, how did you connect with the director, Vanessa Matsui, and what was that collaboration like with her? Midnight at the Paradise started about seven years ago, uh, again, after seeing Before Midnight um, and writing the script. Um, and it actually started, I wrote the script for Leanne Balaban, who's the lead Oh, interesting. Actor. Yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah, she is somebody I'd worked with before on a couple of shorts. And I felt like, and she'd also, you know, her big breakout film was uh, New Waterford Girl, which was a Sundance, um, you know, indie hit uh, about 20 years ago when she was, you know, still a teenager. And I always felt like she'd never had a meaty role since New Waterford Girl. And I wanted to write one for her. So, um uh, Leanne is the genesis for, to answer your question about the director, Vanessa Mitsui, um, Leanne is the one who introduced me to Vanessa. So when we were putting together the whole package, um, I was looking around going, okay, who, at one point I was going to direct the film, but also the lead character is a woman, she's a married 40-year-old woman stuck between raising a child and a marriage that's a little bit she's not sure about, uh, an ex-lover who she worries is the one that got away, and she's also dealing with aging parents. And um, Vanessa, uh, again, through Leanne, um, came to be the perfect person to, to sort of navigate um, this lead character, a woman who's very much um, in sync with Vanessa. Um, it's, as they like to say, Leanne Balaban and Vanessa Matsui are, you know, best friends. So that was actually the genesis for uh, Vanessa coming on as the director. Staying on the topic of producing, you also produced the breakout Toronto indie band, The Neighborhood Watch, whose music and performance are featured in Midnight at the Paradise. Can you tell us about that? You're a music producer and a writer. How important was it for you to mesh those kind of two worlds of yours together? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I honestly feel like music and film, for me anyway, music is such a crucial component um, to um, making films work. Um, so I'm a big believer that you have some sort of a, uh, you know, a soundtrack uh, as you develop your material. Um, and the fact is, I don't know if you know this, but The Neighborhood Watch 
I, I did produce them literally, and in, 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 my son is in the band, so um, <laughs> so um, <laughs> that, they, that made uh, the the negotiations easier, I'm sure. Well, not always, <laughs> um, but, uh, um, but and 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 you might be aware, or people when they see the Midnight at the Paradise will see, um, you know, Alan Hawko, the lead male, he. Uh, was a singer in a band. Um, he's, you know, trying to navigate post post that era of his life and figuring out who he is. And he's scouting a young band. Um, and um, this, there's a song at the at the center of the movie, which is uh, the Wenlands Die song, which is not written uh, by the Neighborhood Watch, but uh is actually written by a friend of my son's he wrote it when he was 15 and i i was like that's a really good song wow <laughs> and 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 i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna you know what do, i'm gonna put it in a movie i'm gonna do it and he was like okay and 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 so so really the music came about organically just from the people around me and uh and then with the neighborhood watch they were just graduating high school and i said you guys are pretty good let's just go into the studio for a day and uh in six and a half hours we recorded their first album i just kept i just kept pushing them through songs and uh and that album now has like 15 million streams on uh, spotify and uh, wow. um, elsewhere and it was just one of those i caught them on the right day and uh they they they've since um they're working on their fourth album now um you know they've gotten several they're moving several steps ahead but yeah it, it, i use that music uh to shape um the soundtrack of the of the film their performances in the film and uh um it's as I say, it's, it was even integral to the editing process, uh, their music in terms of the rhythm of the final film. Yeah, and maybe transitioning to more of a general screenwriting question, there are a lot of seasoned writers that come to the Austin Film Festival, but also a lot of young writers maybe looking to start their careers. I'm curious what advice you would give to them on the craft of screenwriting. I also do a lot of teaching on the side. So I teach at uh, York University in Toronto. So. I do give a lot of advice, <laughs> but, but honestly, that's the thing. My, my whole thing is, you know, each writer is unique. And that, that is one thing that I really stress to, to anybody I talk to about writing is there is no one way of doing this. And I, I mean, I'm not the first person to say that, but that was my experience when I was a fledgling writer was, you know, people would tell you there is this one way to do it. You know, you follow Sid Field's rules and you will get there. And uh, I don't mean to pick on Sid Field, but he didn't work for me. So, <laughs> um, and and but but I fully acknowledge he works for some people. And and I would never, you know, like I say, I don't mean to pick on him. My my thing is usually find find somebody out there who you who's you know, whose advice you relate to. And it could be, it, 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 or, or it could be, you know, one person says something about dialogue that you relate to. One person says something about structure. You can get your, you know, your, 
your inspiration and your your craft from many many different sources and you know sometimes maybe that feels like a cop out but i honestly think that's the best approach is just be open to to everybody's uh you know any well not everybody but anybody who's developed a craft uh a writing craft generally i find has something interesting to offer to you know young writers and you just have you have to decide which part to take from which which uh advisor and i think there is a definitely anybody who becomes a writer there's you know a compulsion to just share um wanting to share things about the human experience and and the human condition which you know some people are just more compelled to do than others and uh, um, I certainly fall into that category and and that indeed is the power of storytelling for sure well your film is great it's midnight at the paradise and tell us again where people can see the film at the Austin Film Festival where and when yes it's midnight at the paradise it's actually nominated for the narrative features jury award at nice. the Austin Festival so um and it is uh, Friday, October 27th at 6.30 p.m. at the Galaxy Theater. And there's a Q&A there with Vanessa Mitsui, the director, and myself, Bill Robertson. And then there is a second screening Wednesday, November 1st at 7 p.m. at the Galaxy Theater. Well, big congratulations on, on the film, and uh, uh, we sure appreciate your time to talk about story uh, storytelling and screenwriting. So thanks again for your time, and uh, break a leg at the Austin Film Festival, and we look forward to seeing uh, what you're up to next. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Andrew, and uh, look forward to seeing you this coming week in Austin. And to end the show, Bill has graciously let us play you all the song AA from the Neighborhood Watch. You can find them on Spotify and also in his new film, Midnight at the Paradise. The future burns Slow Like a cigarette To my
Thank you for listening to the Filmmaker Mixer Podcast, a podcast created and hosted by filmmakers Jeff Stolen and Andrew Lamping and produced by Melody Lopez. Our theme song was composed by Stephen D. Bennett. Make sure to follow or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on and stay tuned for future episodes.